We're live. Go ahead, Trish. All right. Hopefully we're live. I don't know. Are you good, Trish? She's yep. okay. We'll let her stay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and this place, Lord, that uh, we ask you to hedge us in here tight today, Lord, and let us have that grateful understanding of something that we maybe didn't truly have in our hearts. But let it be in our hearts today. Let You say, let your words be etched on our hearts. I ask that to happen for us today. Dispatch your angels to be in here. Have the Holy Spirit fill my mouth with your words, Lord. And encourage everybody to be here. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I want to say uh, hi to Eric and Jim and Karen and Kenny. Kenny reaching out to me this morning. You're always in our hearts here. Uh, starting this Wednesday, we will be having a Bible study at 6.30 here, live, and hopefully on Facebook Live and on Zoom Live. So uh, if you haven't liked Amazing Grace Fellowship, like us so that we can make sure we send information out to you. But that will be starting this, uh, this Wednesday at 6.30. Hey, so we're doing a Bible study at the house, and we were doing it on this particular section, so it inspired me a little bit. So John 3.16 is something that we all should know. We should have that in our hearts as Christians, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We are blessed to have that written in a book. So we're going to talk about John the Baptist who didn't have that written in a book. They didn't have any of this to refer to, so their words become our encouragement. So we're going to go up a little bit farther, and we're going to start in uh, John 3. Chapter, uh, verse 22. Chapter 3, verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John was baptizing in, I'm going to wreck these next two names, Enon and Salam, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. But John had not yet been thrown into prison. Now, I love that. I, it's just, because everything I get to, God gives me, always seems to tie into addiction, right? All the phrases and the forms and the words that we know, in uh, any addiction. So, I love this because John has not yet been thrown into prison. <laughs> and we use that as one of our yets, right? We haven't been there yet, right? But John's going to prison for a different reason when this happens. We won't see this today. But the fact that yet was in there uh, really grabbed a hold of me because John's yet is going to be because of his belief. And I happen to be talking to a veteran 
uh, who did some quality time overseas. And whether you want to believe it or not, right now they're killing Christians. They're crucifying them in Iraq and Iran, right? That's happening over there now. This isn't something to come. It's going on now. That's a yet for us. <laughs> They're going to be coming after us. They want us out of this world. They don't want Christians in this world. right? They don't want us here. Take us away and they get to do all the sinning they want to do without anybody saying, hey, you probably shouldn't ought to be doing that. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. So the problem that comes about now, because the Jews are looking for a Messiah. John is going to say, that's him, that's his job. Job's, John's job on earth was to be a witness for Christ, right? Now, nobody really understands that, but they kind of, they're working towards it. But they're saying right here, whose, war, whose word is the most pure? Yours or this guy, Jesus, that's over here? We want to know the pure word of God. Well, John has an understanding. And they came to John and, and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan... To whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. So everybody's going to Jesus instead of John, and the Jews are going, how come they're going to him? Why ain't they coming to you? Now, it, it, it's so incredible that the way that they ask the question, to whom you have testified, they've already proven by the Old Testament, that there's going to be someone crying in the wilderness about who's coming. Here's John going, someone's coming greater than me. Now, if we back up, it says, when he baptized Christ, he said, behold. And they, they believed he was here to witness. Behold, the Lamb of God is here. Right? And then if we go all the way back into... Uh, the Old Testament into Exodus, I believe, somewhere around chapter 3, it says a lamb, you have to, when Passover is coming, you have to have a lamb. This lamb has to be perfect. It has to have no blemishes. It has to have no sins. Its blood is what you're going to put over your doorway for Passover. Well, then the next thing that's going to happen as the New Testament comes in, the Lamb of God has to come in, a pure, perfect sacrifice has to come in. And here he is, John the Baptist says, behold, here he is. This is the guy. And then they go, well, why are we following him? Wait a minute, you're Pharisees. You know that book inside out, upside down, backwards, but you're unwilling to accept that Jesus is the sacrifice. You knew that John the Baptist, you just admitted to him, to whom you have testified, behold. They know he testified that this is the guy. They're holding him to it. But what they're not doing is accepting that Christ is the Christ. They don't want to accept that. Isn't that today? People don't want to believe that Jesus is the God. He was just some guy. He was just a prophet. 
He just told good stories. But yet we have all this literature to back up who he is. 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it's given to him from heaven. So I can only preach what God gives me to preach. I can't give you what's happened in heaven. I haven't been there. I don't have God's knowledge from being God. I don't have God's knowledge from having access to heaven. I have God's knowledge from being inspired by him. He gives me his word. It comes to me. The Holy Spirit fills me and I get to pass it on. Or as I said earlier when I had a little bit of time, I can give you my opinion, but it probably wouldn't fly well. <laughs> but the word of God is what I stand on. And here's these guys, they're saying, we're waiting for who you say is coming. Here he is, but we think we should be following you. He says, well, I'm just a man. Verse 28, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. He's tell them, he's bear that to them. But I have been sent before him. They know he's been sent before him. They're willing to kind of listen to him. He says, that's the guy. And now they're worrying that that guy's taking over all the people. He's supposed to. <laughs> that's God. They don't want to believe that. There's the strife. It made me come back to this thought, which may fly with some people and aggravate others. But as I stand on this, I'm going to stand on it. The difference here is God or a God of my own understanding. See, I want that God to fit in the way I want him to be. And these people are following him. I don't think so. I think we ought to follow you. To me, that's what's being shown right here. That's what I got out of this. If I'm going to stay in my own understanding, then I'm not truly going to submit myself to this God. I want to hear what you have to say, and what you have to say can only be of man. With, with some inspiration of God in your word, because you're following him, so if I'm going to accept what you have to say is from God, what are you saying? You're saying he's God. He's the lamb. He's the sacrifice, and I'm saying I don't want that. I want this over here. That's what I get out of this. I'm going to read it again. You yourself bear witness to me, they were grand, that I said, I am not the Christ, I'm not him, but I have been set before him, right? So the verse before that was, you said, behold the Lamb of God. We're following you, we believe you, but we don't want to believe this, how come everybody's following him now? This is like, I don't know, to me this is so powerful, this is like incredible stuff. He is Here's the man that's supposed to tell us who God is. He tells us, and then we go, well, you know, why are we all following him? <laughs> he who has made the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands here, stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. That's a whole bunch of gobbly. John's saying, 
He's marrying the bride. I'm the best man. He's the groom. The bride is for him. The bride is what? Us. He's using this as an example, as a marriage example, that here's Christ come to get his bride. His bride shows up, and you don't want to worship him. You want to worship the best man. You want to have more celebration for the best man than you want to have for the guy that's getting married. That's what he's saying here. Here you are, you have the opportunity, you are part of the wedding. You are going to be joined with God. But you don't want to be joined with God, you want to be joined with the best man. <laughs> of course, that's today's world, isn't it? <laughs> what an understanding. This is where we're supposed to be. And what happens with that understanding, right? rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Because I get to hear the sound of God, the word of God, I'm going to rejoice for that, just that. I'm going to live in that world. I'm going to be with him. People come, you know, we have, we have, we have people that occasionally want to come over our house, and if it's family, Cousins, friends, I don't care who it is. Anybody's coming over our house, what do we do on Sunday? We go to church. That is never going to differ. I'm going to church. Not because I'm the pastor. Before I was a pastor, I had family show up the house. They said, see you later. i got to go to church. You want to come? Come. You don't want to come? Stay home. I don't care. I'm going to church. That's what I do. I go to church. If I was going to a bar, I certainly would have said, hey, come on down, we're going to watch the football game, we're going to have some beers, let's go have fun. They probably would have come. They didn't come to church, but that's on them. What's on me? What's on me is what I'm going to do for my walk following the bridegroom. I want to go to the feast. I want to be there. I want to be part of this. I, nothing stops me in that way. And if I have an opportunity in life to share, right, should I have all this inspiration of God and go sit in my house or go, you know, hang out with other people but not talk about God? Have a cookout for, I'm going to have a cookout for all my friends, but we're not going to talk about God. We're just going to talk about the world and, and football and everything else but God. All I want to talk about is God. That's where we should be. He's telling these people, don't listen to me. Follow God. They're coming to him. Follow God. I am so joyful. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. The joy of mine is fulfilled. I found an answer to all my problems. And I want to show you how. Or, you know, when I found a new pill, I told everybody about a new pill. I remember when Clonopin came out, right? Clonopin was the answer to Valium because everybody was getting addicted to Valium. So they said, Clonopin is not addictive. You'll never get addicted to this stuff. Boom, I was on it in a heartbeat. I told everybody about it. Until I started jonesing. I don't jones from God. God is always there. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. I don't care what the problem is. The worse it is, the more I get to rely on him. 
So here it is, right here. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease, period. End of sentence. He must increase, I must decrease. So my values of life have to change to his. That's what has to happen. My values in life, my understanding of life has to change to God's understanding of life. Right? That's what I just married. This is, I'm listening to my husband. Right? I'm going to take the rules from the spiritual authority of the family. Who's that? God. Right here. He's come to get us and receive us. So my beliefs of life have to decrease, and his beliefs of how life should be should increase. Right? That's what he's saying. The problem is, prior to accepting this relationship, I got ideas of how life should be and how I should run it. Well, let's take dieting. Let's just take dieting. If I give my obsession to food over to God and ask him to remove that, he will. The problem is then I do what the world told me to do, eat this way, do that way, exercise this way. This, it's a multi-billion dollar business. <laughs> Dieting. That there's no cure for us. Right? <clears throat> Next week we'll get a new guy that comes up with a new way to do the same exercises, rename it to something else, and we hop on board and we go do it, and then we gain five pounds. But we're going to chase that. God says, I will remove the desires, just ask me. And I ask him, and he does, and I can rest in that. But I have to walk in it. I have to live. I don't want to listen to what the world has to say. I want to know what God has to say. And how do I do that? I go to church. Why bother going to church? I, don't, I have God in my life. I don't need to go to church. There's no, need for me, there's no need for me to come up here and preach. I have the Word of God. My family has the Word of God or not. They can do what they want with it. How do I get someone else to have the understanding that I have if I don't come in and share what I have? If you leave here with all the knowledge of God, your heart filled, your blessings upon blessings, the removal of the desire for the food, the cigarette, the drink, the drug, the sexual immorality, all that's been removed. What do you want to go tell everybody you know? Do you have, you'll, you'll pick up carloads of people to take them to a meeting where you can diet together. You'll take them to the gym. You won't take them to church with you because you don't want to put it upon them. I, you know, I can't push church. If they want to come, they'll come. And I do that too. They want to come, they come. But I'm going. <laughs> right? And when I talk with them, guess what I talk about? God. <laughs> they don't like it. That's what I talk about. And if they don't like it, that's fine. They don't have to participate in the conversation. But that's all I'm going to talk about. When they see me and talk to me, then they should hear the word of God. Or do I hold it to myself? Right? I'm not sharing what I got. I was pretty good at that, too. 
I want to change. I want to change everybody I know. I must decrease and he must increase. If I isolate, right? You go to certain programs, they say, what's the biggest thing that's going to kill you? Isolation. Why? Because then you only get yourself to answer to. Right? So why not have a Bible study in the middle of the week? You and a couple of your friends out having coffee. Have them stop by your house. Or you just it's just going to be the same routine. I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk with nobody. I'm not going to share anything. I got two people that I talk with. That's it. I don't share nothing else outside that. What has saved me? Well, if it was a new drug, I'd be out telling people. If it was a new drink, if it was a new diet, I'd be calling people up. Hey, you got to try this new diet. Well, there's something else that needs to be shared. Verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earthly. If you're only talking to earthly people, you're only going to get earthly answers. And if you're the godly answer, you need to speak up. <laughs> he who comes from heaven is above all. So I want to get the word of God, which is in this book, so I need to bring this book with me and share it with people because I don't always remember. I have to get my cheat sheet. i got to go look stuff. I Google this. I Google that. I find things, and I go get the word of God to back up my life. <laughs> Not me. Him. I must decrease he must increase. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He's out telling people. Well, I can't tell people. They're not going to listen to me. That's right. They won't. <laughs> but I'm still going to go tell them. People don't want to listen to the diet. You want to tell them. But you're going to tell them. I tried this. Then you're going to find out that fails. Right? Because it's something of man trying to make money. <laughs> but when you follow the word of God, you ask him to help you, him to inspire you, him to increase your desire to do something in that market, then it doesn't cost you anything. But they're going to make a billion dollars on all the things you're willing to try to do before you really listen to the word of God. Anxiety is like one of the number one things in the world, right? The number one sold drug in the world, alcohol. Basically for what? Anxiety. Coping skills. Then you add benzos. Man, hand them out like candy. First side effect of a benzo alcohol, anxiety. But yet we'll chase it down the road. When they come up with a new one, they stuff it down your throat and we try it. Why? Because we want to listen to man. We don't want God to say, he says, be anxious for nothing. Well, how can I be anxious for nothing? He says, because I'm in control. <clears throat> Let me increase in your life and you decrease and the anxiety will go away because you don't have to take charge of it. I got it. I can't let God do that. I got to go fix it. I have to go fix it. Okay, take a clonopin and go fix it. <laughs> Smoke a joint, go fix it. Have a beer, go fix it. Eat a lemon meringue pie. If you have those issues, and you eat a lemon meringue pie, you're going to be so sugar off, you're useless. 
But come with the word of God and you will be powerful in the word of God. That's what he's given us. He's given us his non-opinion, his strength. When I am weak, he is strong. We just sang it in the song. We love the song. When I am weak, you are strong. But I'm not going to let you be strong in my life because I know I can smoke a joint instead. <laughs> I won't allow you in there. But I'm going to tell everybody I'm a man of God. 33. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Is he true? Well, then how come you're not walking it? <laughs> you believe the joint is true. You believe the lemon meringue pie is true. You believe what anybody says. If you jump up and down these hoops, you will lose weight. Not if you keep eating lemon meringue pies the way you eat them. <laughs> You'll be jumping up and down with them in your hand. <laughs> but I rest in him... And God is true, and my life changes. 34, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. He didn't give Jesus Christ a little bit of Spirit. He gave him full Spirit. He gave him in charge of everything. He took over the world. If you want to allow him, you can take possession back from the devil, Put God in your life and let him be in charge rather than running whatever the devils decide for you to do. Well, that's not the way I live. Well, as soon as you don't listen to the word of God, that's what you're doing. Not my opinion. That's what he says here. <laughs> 35. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hands. My anxiety had now been handed over to Jesus Christ if I'm willing to decrease in my life of what I think and I understand what I ought to do for that, God will take it and remove it from me. It's gone. I'm living proof of it. They pumped me full of more drugs than you could possibly get in an elephant, and I just drooled in the corner. They thought I was doing well. I haven't taken any of those pills in over 20 years. Amen. I have my moments, I have my moments of anxiousness, I have to turn to the word of God, and then I have to scream, Chris, come here, I'm having an anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes away. The, you know, I, they, I had so much clonopin, man, I just, I had buckets of clonopin that they give me, right? And it got to a point where they said, well, if you think you're going to be anxious, take one. <laughs> well, why take one? I'll take two. <laughs> just in case. It might be a real bad day. I better. I'll take two and I'll bring a couple with me, just in case. Right? That was what the world offered me. God says, I get the answers to whatever you think the problem is, and I'm going to answer it. I would tell guys in jail, I would say to them, don't rely on your lawyer. Rely on that God's already given you a sentence. And accept whatever comes because God's going to use you in that sentence one way or another. And if you're willing to take on that challenge, it doesn't matter what you get for a sentence. And I watch guys follow that and I watch them accept their sentence and I watch them take a Bible with them as they get sent off to prison from county jail. 
and then I'd hear the stories of how they fell away from God and back into the world and into the garbage. 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So if I go to counsel from someone who is not a Christ-believing person, he's only going to give me evil answers. And what makes it evil is because it's not the Word of God. It's not because they're bad people. It's not because they don't want to, they'll do everything they can to help you. But their can to help you is limited. It's limited to what the world will offer them. They can't give you godly advice. God is above all things. He's above lemon meringue pie. He's above clonopin. He's above a joint. He's above a beer. He's above wild sex. He's above every single thing that you could possibly look for relief for can only come through Jesus Christ. And that's the only way to follow. And that's what the question is here that they're asking John the Baptist, who should we follow? Shouldn't we follow you? He says, no, you've got to follow Jesus Christ. I must decrease. He must increase. My life will become better. That's the way to go. Follow him. You're not walking in hell. You found a way to heaven. Take the step out. Step out on faith, and you will be saved. Amen? Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, so much for your words, your encouragement, your power. You are so greater than anything that could possibly be here on this planet. If there's anybody out there that hasn't accepted you, that would like to make this the time and the place, let it be now. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Forgive me. Come into my heart and live. I want to know you. With that said, Lord, touch everybody's heart out there. Let them have a peace and an understanding above and beyond anything that they've had before, Lord. Encourage them. Bless them. Lift them up. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. amen.